0: Well, hello, everybody. We are back after a week or so's hiatus. And what a
1: hiatus it was. This was our attempt to try and improve our quality, our sound quality, and we failed miserably. It was awful. So many technological just issues. So, we're back and we're going to go back to the drawing board, but for now, we're just going to proceed as we have been.
0: We really appreciate everyone's patience. We hope you stick with us because it's not for lack of trying. We're, we're really working at it and we have been tested in ways I do not want to be. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's been it, yeah, it's
1: been awful. But uh, yeah, stick with us because we're going to get there. We're going to figure it out. We're just dumb. So,
0: Narelle, I am still laughing, thinking about what happened earlier when we, because we have been testing so many different platforms, guys. And I guess after one of our tests yesterday, I left a window open and I was in my office doing some things. And all of a sudden, I get a message from Norelle saying, are you in here? And I'm like, pardon?
1: Because I was testing out some more stuff um, on my own because Sarah and I had a plan to start the podcast this afternoon. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go in here and I'm going to, you know, test out some stuff. And then I heard this little cough and i'm by myself in the room and i'm thinking to myself what the hell and then that's when i messaged you on i sent you a voice note and i said are you here right now and then you replied and i heard your reply in the microphone it was so confusing i don't know why it seems like a really good way to spy on you if i wanted to not that i'm that sounds creepy but If I don't know how that works, but you left your microphone on and I could still hear you, even though we had ended the recording session 24 hours ago.
0: (laughs) I was killing myself because the oddest thing was my computer was closed, but my mic was still plugged in.
1: Really, really creepy. And I feel like we're just giving um, advice and hints now to the (laughs) predators out there on how to spy. Start a podcast with somebody and then get them to leave their microphone
0: on. And then you can just listen in on them. Absolutely. Thank God this is my office and not my bedroom, neural Ah, uh-huh, that's what you think. I was listening to you all night, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a lot to talk about because despite not improving our sound per se, we are going to try to recap. Real Housewives of New Jersey and Vanderpump Rules all in one episode. And we do know brevity is not our strong suit. So hold us to task, okay, people? I will hold us to task when I do the editing. Don't you worry. Thank God for you, my little angel. Hi, I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Norelle.
0: Welcome to Hopeless Not Truthless, the truthful podcast about untruthful people, hosted by two hopeless women. Today, we are discussing Real Housewives of New Jersey, season 13, episode 12, and Vanderpump Rules, season 10, episode 12. Beach, don't kill my vibe.
1: Make sure to follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at hopeless not truthless and please leave us reviews and ratings it helps us so much and
0: we love you for it okay Neral, shall we start with real housewives of new jersey i hesitated saying the name of this episode because i still like all of the other ladies don't know how to say that word
1: Oh, my God. I noticed that you did that because I was
0: following along in the notes. And
1: I'm like, yeah, she's not even going to try and say that. Salante? Salante. Cilantro.
0: <laughs> Salami, as Melissa said.
1: Now, this was such a good episode.
0: I, I loved it. Can we talk about, I think, the person who should be the next new housewife? Claire. Paul's mom.
1: Oh my God, the sweetest little thing. And you can see the sass in her, like in her eyes. Oh, I love the dynamic with Paul's family and Dolores is special. There's something really just natural about it. I I loved it.
0: These ladies didn't even get dressed for this woman.
1: I don't even know if they all knew she was coming. I thought it was a little weird because I figured oh okay maybe they just arrived early for breakfast and they're about to go off and do something together but that was the visit it was just breakfast and pajamas but I mean I love I That probably added to the whole natural aspect of the conversation
0: yeah that's a good point it probably did and I I felt the same way because this woman is probably relatively simple and having all these glamorous women around would be, for me personally, quite intimidating. Um, I loved how she would call Dolores a hussy as she was sneaking out. I loved that too.
1: I really was kind of struck uh, when Danielle started to cry, like the emotional response a few of them had watching Dolores with Paul's family. I think it kind of set the tone for the rest of the episode as well, especially going into um, the bachelorette party at the farm. (laughs) So weird. Everybody seemed to be a little bit on the sad side or reflective side of the emotional scale.
0: It definitely seemed like that. I don't know if Claire, her presence did something to these women. I'm not going to lie. Danielle's crying it pissed me off because I thought this isn't about you right now Danielle and I understand getting overwhelmed but just excuse yourself and leave this is Paul's mom being integrated into Dolores's life just give her that moment give her family his family that moment that time I just thought oh my god I cannot see this woman cry about her brother again and oh oh spoiler alert we do so annoying to me
1: that's fair I didn't even think about that to be honest I just was I guess probably because it was followed up with Teresa and Melissa sharing a moment so it seemed to me like everybody was kind of having a just an emotional response to seeing a healthy example of a woman being integrated into like her boyfriend's family and being accepted and the genuine love there, like neither Danielle,
0: Melissa, or Teresa seem to have much experience with that. Very good point. And it was kind of interesting how Teresa shared. Melissa was always so great with my parents, giving her a compliment. I loved that. I hated Melissa's response in her confessional though, because I know she's been burned by Teresa, but vice versa. I wish she would have just been like, you know, that was a really nice moment. Thank you. But no. Yeah.
1: I kind of noticed that as well. They both have their guards up and it kind of like it goes into the mural scene as well, which was another really impactful, like emotionally impactful scene for Teresa and Melissa. I, I loved well, I can't say I loved I found it kind of sad Teresa and the way that she immediately burst into tears at the idea of the girls like painting a mural of her and she's oh, you know, don't don't paint bars, don't paint jail and like she left and the guy had to like bring her a puppy to cheer her up. It seemed like, you know, her life story was a bit of a sore subject. Like, she knows there's just parts of her life, I guess, that she'd rather avoid. And then the way that Melissa broke down telling the story about how she came here, her family came here, and the genuine hug from Teresa, like, there was just so many points where they almost got to a point of, like, genuine mutual agreement and then one of them would pull back or one of them would you know we'd flash to like melissa like you just pointed out saying you know just putting her guard back up they just can't quite get there
0: they were so close and i found that very emotional as well when teresa was saying don't put bars up i have never seen teresa that emotional besides when she came home from jail And she said in her confessional, she acts like that part of my life doesn't never even happened. So, you know, I I felt the same way. They were so close to making that connection. And I found it interesting that Teresa said to Melissa in front of everyone, like, maybe you misunderstood my family in the beginning because they were so old school. I don't know. It, It could be a factor, but. Melissa yet again she's not really letting Teresa in I think Melissa has made up her mind at this point she shuts it down and states this is a sentimental time for you Teresa let's shut this conversation down which I hated yeah but then Teresa it was like she starts
1: talking about how she wanted to have Joe and Melissa in the wedding and she wanted to have the kids in the wedding. And at that point I was like, yes, yes. Even though I know in the back of my mind, you know, I, we already know that Melissa and Joe didn't attend the wedding, but in that moment I really thought she was genuinely asking them to be a part of the wedding. And then Jennifer Aiden pot, like piped up and said, are you asking them to be in your wedding? And Teresa pauses, and then says, No, no, I I just want peace. So like, I feel what you're saying. I totally understand what you're saying about Melissa having her guard up. She even had her sunglasses on like she wasn't connecting in any way. But Teresa just could not go all the way out on that limb and ask her she couldn't actually be the one you know, like it
0: just felt
1: so close. And then she dropped it.
0: I think she's waiting for Melissa to get on her knees and beg again. You know, it is a very valid point. Neither of them want to concede. Neither of them want to be the one to initiate. And you can tell Melissa in her confessional is not impressed when she's said, we are not your props. I thought that was an interesting statement. Uh Does Teresa need props? I don't know. I I don't feel like she does. And like, Narelle, do you think Melissa's expecting too much from Teresa here? Knowing her? That, I think, is the interesting key point
1: there. Yes, I do. Or, sorry, no, I don't think Melissa is expecting too much from a sister-in-law who she supposedly you know, sees all the time and is on a TV show with and shares a, a life with. But knowing Teresa, probably she is expecting a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, I'm torn on this because I, <laughs> I do feel Teresa's almost the queen of expectations. Um, she does expect full loyalty and dedication. And Melissa doesn't seem to expect that. But I feel like it's almost turning around here. Melissa's just holding Teresa to the level she has held Melissa at. So it, it is a strange game that's happening, a battle of the wills.
1: It is. And I think maybe in the past, Melissa may have let things go before they got to this point sometimes, but now it does seem to be something has shifted and there does seem to be a battle of the wills going on. And you see that as well. When Teresa slipped in that Louie asked bill to be in the wedding and the comment she made after that about how it's really nice to have friends like that because she has no family. Like I don't see how that cannot be
0: intentional and pointed. Like, do you? I can't believe it, to be honest. I think it's uh, an intentional slap in the face. Maybe Uh, this is where I struggle with Teresa because this kind of thing seems so deliberate and intentional, but I don't know if it is because I think she is paying Jennifer and Bill back for their loyalty. It is such a complex way of thinking, but so simple at at the same time. But when you start to dissect it, I can't, I I can't figure out where Teresa's head is at.
1: So interestingly on watch what happens live. Andy actually asked Jennifer Aiden, um, if Teresa should apologize for saying this, that she doesn't have family right in front of Melissa's face. And Jennifer said no. She said she she didn't think that Teresa realized what she was doing, and that if you know Teresa, you would know that that's true as well. But the thing is, to my eye, during that lunch, like everybody looked shocked and horrified, and I think it was might have been Margaret asked Melissa, like, "Are you okay?" Like it was obvious. Everybody else was like, "What the hell, Teresa?"
0: I am rolling my eyes. Jennifer, you're one of my favorite housewives right now, but that's bullshit, okay? I understand, um, you know, everyone has their good points and their bad points, and we tried to accept our friends for all of who they are. That was a nasty thing to say. She said, they've been so supportive since day one, and it's nice, because I don't have family, you know? It's nice to be celebrated. And that entire sentence to me sums up the expectations Teresa has for friends, family, whomever. And it's almost unattainable unless you're a Jennifer, someone who will never talk back or have an honest friendship with Teresa. How can you be an actual friend to someone if you can't be yourself? Fully and completely, Norelle.
1: I don't think you can. Which makes me wonder how Louie is with her. Because why is she able
0: to... Anyways, that's a conversation for another time. (laughs) That's a good question, though. But I feel maybe the dynamic with her man is different.
1: Yeah. No, I think you just nailed it. It is with women. Mainly, almost entirely with women, and that's why she fights her fight. She fights the fight that she should be fighting with Joe. A lot of the time, she fights it
0: through Melissa. Yeah. Speaking of annoying shit, Narelle Danielle Danielle is crying again. Again, jumping on that brother bandwagon. I I I can't I can't Danielle deal with it. Get therapy go to a family counselor. I don't give a shit. Honestly, I know that sounds cold, harsh, horrible. She, Danielle is jumping on every opportunity to bring it back to herself. I feel like she's being very selfish. And I'm sure this is genuine hurt, heartbreak, all of that. Honestly, don't come. If this is too much for you, don't come. Because you're like a stick in the mud. I
1: totally didn't see it that way. i I just thought I saw Danielle struggling. i I guess I put myself in those shoes, like watching Melissa and Teresa go back and forth, probably all day at this point, um, from the mural and now the comment that Teresa just made. and the the way that Danielle was struggling to get the words out, I felt that she wanted to say, Teresa, what you just said, you're like, you're messing up your relationship with Melissa. Don't do it. Listen to me because I did that with my brother. But the avoidance that she had with, like, she couldn't actually come out and say that because I think she's intimidated and afraid of Teresa and any of the wrath that comes from, you know, like what she's dealing with, with like, Marge and Jennifer, Aiden, and everything right now. I kind of, kind of thought it was genuine. She
0: looked like she was just trying to warn
1: them, but couldn't actually get the words out because she was afraid.
0: I would respect her so much more if she said it. And I, I do think when she said, "So put your guard down," she was looking at Melissa, and that's where it kind of, again, with same as Jen Aiden. I wish someone could be honest with Teresa and say, you're, you're acting like an asshole. But yeah, that's a good perspective. Maybe I'm just being a bitch about this. But we, we have another instance coming up because Danielle then talks to her husband on the phone, telling him, everyone has been so awful to me on this trip. And Rachel and Margaret are coming at me.
1: Yeah, I definitely see what you mean about her making things about herself. And I agree that it would have come off a lot better if she had been able to get the words out. Like, maybe we could have seen a different side of Danielle. But, yeah, you you could definitely be right. So then I guess after that, we kind of headed over to Guy's Night, which... <laughs> If I had to choose between a room full of those dudes getting stoned, trying different kinds of weed, and then a food truck showing up versus a whiskey tasting with those ladies, I frickin I know which party I would be, you know, RSVPing to like I'm going to guys night. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, I'm going for the food truck alone, actually, even though the food in Ireland did look incredible. But they have so much drama in amongst themselves as well. But I love how they're able to put it to the side, focus on their own friendships, connect in ways that are fun and light. They definitely Are needed on the show, in my opinion, because they bring a fun energy back.
1: Yeah, they definitely were like the comedic relief of this episode and probably most episodes. I do wonder if that conversation, like as you say, the way they're allowed, they're able to put things to the side and still joke around, like would that still be true if they weren't also stoned this episode? Like when Joe finds out that Bill got invited to be part of the wedding. You can kind of see his reaction was like, what? But then he was just too stoned. He was like, I can't even, I can't even handle this.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, one, it's a good question, Narelle. And who knows, but I got to bring up one little point here that kind of popped out to me. Teresa and Louie asked Bill two weeks away from the wedding. And I mean, I think
1: Joe Gorga was right when he said, well, you're an afterthought. It is. And is it pointed? Is it on purpose? Is Teresa anybody else doing this?
0: Obviously, yes. Like, if you did this to me, bitch, friends off. Right? I am with you. I thought, ew, how tacky. I don't know. And because Bill and Joey are pretty tight, I thought, but you know, at BravoCon last year, shit went down between Jen, Melissa and Joey in the elevator or the lounge lobby, something like that. Like they were, according to Jen, attacking her. So I wonder if Bill has a little resentment towards her or towards Joey. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think
1: Bill actually likes anybody?
0: Ooh, good point. He likes himself. That's true. He likes his pool house. (laughs) Indeed, he does. I also thought it was very interesting when he told Joey, he's like, Joe, you just need to get high and talk to your sister. Yeah,
1: I saw that. I caught that, too. And I was wondering if that's how he is able to express himself to Jennifer. Maybe he's in the pool house doing something to make himself a little bit more expressive.
0: Oh, you could be honest with me, because according to Marge, Jennifer's uh, druggy, smoking her pot. Like, fuck, whatever, Marge. What do you feel about Melissa and Joe constantly bringing up the Antonia comment? Ah, you mean the comment
1: that they made about, that Teresa made about her not coming to the Sweet 16. I, hmm, I kind of, I go back and forth. I kind of get it. Like, any time Teresa's kids have been mentioned in the past, she loses her mind. Like, gone so I don't really see how it's any different that Melissa is doing that now do I think it's silly like I don't know if I would get that upset if I was in Melissa's shoes but I do think it's a bit
0: hypocritical for Teresa to not understand Melissa's anger hmm. I think just because it's so silly I have a hard time understanding either side here and the way Joe was talking to the guys, like, she brought up my daughter. Like, well, yeah, it's not like she was. I didn't think she was totally entirely cutting Antonia down or even a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's because I expect more of Melissa to be more mature. She always has been. And I'm not slighting Teresa by saying this. Melissa has always been much more calm. It's just unusual behavior for her. And again, that weird shift in relationship. I I found it so strange this episode. Because while they're bonding more in this particular episode, there also is so much more tension. Yeah, it made for a very
1: weird dynamic. And I'd say that's what a lot of the women are picking up on as well. Like it seemed just like weird vibes the whole time. And I want to talk about the comment um, during the whiskey tasting that Marge made to Danielle. So Danielle, your fave is going off again. <laughs> and um, Marge said something that everybody, including myself, I was a little shocked by how, if this is the way that you think, about forgiving and forgetting, you're always going to have issues in your family. It read as a little bit harsh.
0: Ooh, it was harsh. And I, I liked it that everyone at the table called Marge out on that. Some people in this group, you're not allowed to do that with. So I did like it. But uh, I mean... She's kind of not wrong. Her delivery sucks, man. Her de- Marge's delivery is brutal. There is a nicer way to say that or imply it. Yeah, she missed a good opportunity, but I don't think Danielle would have heard her anyway.
1: You know, that's such a good point because if you take away the harsh delivery and you replace it more along the lines of, you know... Maybe if you were able to just kind of leave it behind, you might find it a little bit easier to move forward with your brother rather
0: than, you know, this is your fault. (laughs) Yeah. Marge needs to tone it down. I thought Danielle's outburst here. I'm, I'm hating on Danielle. I think she's pretty good TV overall, or will be when maybe a little more thick skin. But her outburst here seemed really kind of unhinged and unexpected when Marge says something as simple like, Really great memories this trip. It was a nice moment. Teresa's thanking everyone. They're having a good time. I did not enjoy my trip. Where do we stand? Like, she went on full attack. Calm the fuck down! And she's, like, smashing the table Hulk style. It's like, what the fuck? It really
1: was. It really was, like, the Hulk that I
0: was... <laughs> I just laughed. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. It was an interesting scene. That was a very interesting scene all around. And Melissa telling Margaret, like, hey, yo, you should be mad at Teresa and Jennifer, not Danielle for all of this. And then Danielle says something totally accurate. Be mad at Laura, Margaret. But then Marge in her confessional also brings up a good point saying, Danielle hasn't even met Laura. So I get where Marge is coming from in the fact Danielle has... Believe this from Teresa and Jen from a person she hasn't even met. Well, one of the other questions,
1: um, one of the polls on Watch What Happens Live was actually who should Margaret be upset with? 95% of people of the audience um, agreed that it should be Teresa and Jennifer. And you know who else agreed? Jennifer. Even Jennifer thinks Margaret should have been mad at her and Jennifer. I get the irritation that, like, how dare you believe something you heard from someone you've never even met? But maybe this goes back to, like, maybe Margaret is just as annoyed by Danielle as you are, and
0: is just venting on her. Oh well, probably very likely. If I had to share my vacation with this crying woman, I would be, I would be peeved. Like, you're killing the vibe, killing
1: the vibe. Speaking of vibes, we're going to switch it up now.
0: Head on over to L.A. Woo, baby. The first half of this episode, I was like, get to the good part. But then it delivered. I actually loved the
1: entire episode. I There were so many little Easter eggs, so many details that I don't know if we didn't know what has actually transpired and what has actually happened. I try to look, I'm watching this episode through like two lenses now, like what would I've picked up on organically versus what I actually know happened in the background. And I'm finding it fascinating.
0: You're right about the Easter eggs. There were a lot. And I know I'm not alone in this. Um, After this episode, I'm really struggling with whether this was scripted or not scripted or revealed far earlier than they're leading on. I'm struggling with that decision, but right now I'm going to pretend like none of this is scripted and it's all organic. Well, I think I'm sorry that I have
1: to completely disagree with you because we do need to talk about how this was scripted and rehearsed, but in a different way. I know Like I know in my heart, I know in my soul that Tom and Schwartz, like Sandoval and Schwartz absolutely rehearsed that whole scene at the food truck. Schwartz knows, we already know at this point, he knew since August, he knew since the wedding, he and his tell, like when Schwartz is telling a lie, he covers his mouth. I don't know if you noticed, but Sandoval had his little lightning bolt necklace was on perfect display. Um, and it just, it really bothered me the way he's trying to, to paint Ariana and like his comment where he says, I not only love Ariana, but I work on our love with coffee lattes. And apparently because Ariana, you know, she gratefully accepts this daily latte, but doesn't return the favor. I guess that must be grounds for cheating because Schwartz Sh- Schwartz asks him like oh does she reciprocate and Sandoval has this, a little you know ponderous little no
0: <laughs> oh my god i wanted to puke the entire scene you're right they absolutely practice this like i can see it now Sandoval just going like hey man you do me a solid since you've known about this for at least two weeks man like, let's make Ariana seem like a total bitch. And it doesn't even make sense about his donation. um, Because he was so excited to ha- make babies. And that's where, for me, you can really tell he is on a mission to make Ariana look bad here. Because he's no longer excited to have babies. When are we going to have them? Like, when we're 50? Like, oh. Ugh, get off my screen. You're so nasty. That's just
1: it. When you compare this scene and a couple of the other scenes coming up to what Sandoval was saying on Howie Mandel, it's the polar opposite. It is the complete opposite. I don't know how this man thought he was gonna get away with this. Is he that stupid or is he that entitled? Does he think we're that stupid that we weren't gonna notice? It's his playbook. He did this with Kristen as well. The only fault here or the only failing on his part was he thought he was going to get away with it. He thought that we were going to be able to get through the finale and then he was going to let his plan transpire and he was going to he would have made Ariana out to be a terrible witch of a woman, and Raquel would have been raised up. Lisa Vanderpump was gonna love her. Everybody was gonna love Raquel. It was gonna be Raquel. Was gonna be the hero, and he was gonna. Oh, I hate him so much. Ah,
0: <laughs> uh, you know who I don't hate though, Allie. I kind of like her. I, maybe not for James, but I kind of like her. And I love that she is the one outing. Tom and Raquel, when she's talking to James and talking about telling the girls she saw them, uh, Tom and Raquel, at wherever the heck it is. Their little hangout when he's she saw them at the Abbey dancing alone.
1: Who would have ever thought that Allie was going to be the one to spill <laughs> the details? <laughs> no, I kind of agree about Allie. She's growing on me, I think, as her personality comes out a little bit more, like, She might be just more of a shy kind of woman. But, and I have a note that I'm going to talk about later. I don't like her for James, I don't think. And saying that Tom and Ariana, or that she had heard from Katie, that Tom and Ariana do not have a lot of rules. I'm I'm a little curious because what she said in this scene versus what she said at the end of the show. At the end of the show, she mentioned something about if it's not in public she didn't say that during this scene so mm-hmm. i wish there had been cameras there when this all went down and when she actually
0: told um when she was talking to katie and lala about it i noticed that too that major discrepancy yeah if katie did imply that they don't have a lot of rules i really feel like there's only one way to take that I also appreciated from Allie when she asked James, like, should I talk to Ariana about this? He's like, no, talk to Sheena. She loves the gossip.
1: I think that was actually terrible advice. Sheena does love the gossip. And Sheena would, like, Sheena's best friends with Ariana. And even she said, like, oh, I hope you don't don't mind. I'm going to go straight to Sandoval with this. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little bit torn there because I think going to Ariana would have been horrible, but going to Sheena was also
0: horrible. Yeah, there was no great uh, plan here. And you're right, James's advice was absolute crap, but we all know James loves the drama. He sure does. So Lisa, we saw we saw Lisa again, and I love her, Narelle. But we have talked about this before. She did it again. She's defending all of her, like with all of her might, just like she does Tom and Tom, and it bothered me. She also defended Raquel. I will say that give her credit. Um, but it was not nearly as fiercely as she was defending Oliver
1: that's a hard one for me because would she have still defended Oliver if he wasn't attached to Garcelle? I do think there is something going on with Lisa and Garcelle, whether they're laying the foundation for a return to Beverly Hills or whether they're going to do some kind of merge of Vanderpump and Garcelle. I don't know. But there's something there that I felt as if Lisa was defending Oliver in order to defend Garcelle, in order to defend Lisa, because there's something going on in the background there. But that's also a good point that she just does that with men.
0: Katie killed me in the scene. Just with Lisa. She's so candid all the time. She sucks. She's a hoe. I don't like her. I loved that as
1: well. I love how honest Katie was to her. Like, Ariana was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm not getting bad. I'm not, I'm not mad at her. Katie's like, well, I am. And this is like, I love her. I really do. I feel like she, in this episode, I loved Katie. She had a lot of good moments.
0: I loved Katie this episode. I know I haven't been Katie's like number one stand, but I love this new energy she's bringing. Okay, Sarah, we need to talk. I don't
1: want to talk about this, but we need to talk about the jizz results. I, ah, firstly, if I was working the desk at a clinic like this and Tom Sandoval comes in with his stupid mustache and asks for his jizz results, I think I would have thrown
0: them in his face. He is nasty. Nasty. And why is he bringing Schwartz? Honestly, I'm sure just for filming. Oh, he is repulsive.
1: Why is he bringing Schwartz? And why did he not go with his girlfriend to her grandmother's funeral? I, it was another instance as well of, the way he described this happening on Howie Mandel, which was that Ariana said, you know, out of nowhere that she wanted me to like fertilize her embryos. And like, I just was, you know, kind of turned off because it was just like out of nowhere, like we were practically broken up. But in this scene, you can clearly see, you know, he gets his jizz results with his boyfriend Schwartz beside him. And then he calls Ariana and says, you know, excitedly like here are my results and then he ends the conversation with i love you dumpling like this man is
0: actually a psychopath he's a piece of garbage you're right why didn't he go with ariana you know what she's probably better off then uh without his nasty ass narcissistic presence around her during an emotional time
1: absolutely it was a good call on her part to leave them behind i just yeah not impressed with either of the toms this was a disgusting scene to me and it just it really fueled my rage even more which was surprising because i didn't think that was possible but then we got to the beach and this scene uh, Okay, I mean, we'll get to Tom manipulating the conversation with Sheena. But first, we need to talk about James and the beer throw. Uh,
0: James overdid it for me. He overreacted. I would have loved for James to just calmly, not even calmly, just take the... The nastiness out of it, because between the insults and then the drink, I just thought, oh, James, again, you're kind of missing an opportunity here. Poor James, uh, is all I have to say because I know this festival meant so much to him. It was a dream come true, he said. And he really is angry with Zen- or with Schwartz. James is really angry with Schwartz. and I, believe it's over, Raquel.
1: So I'm 50-50. I I wish he did not throw the drink because he totally lost his upper hand in that moment. Like he sinks to Schwartz's level, And we all know Schwartz loves throwing drinks in ladies' faces. He's never done one into a man because Schwartz respects men, but he doesn't respect women. However, I also loved that he got a drink thrown in his face for that reason. How does it feel, Schwartz? Do you feel absolutely humiliated to have been, I mean, I'm not going to use the word assault, but that's payback in my mind for what you've done to Katie and throwing the drink or dumping your beer over Katie's head. I think it was season two, season three. But then this was funny on Watch What Happens Live. James brings this up and I had to go back and actually watch this to see if it was true. He he said, did you notice I dumped out half of my beer right before I threw it in his face? So I did it like a gentleman.
0: (laughs) I heard that. Is it
1: true? (laughs) It is. I mean, it's fast. I can't quite tell, but it looks like he could have.
0: Oh, James. Well, I'll give him half points for that, I guess. It's just when he gets activated, I never know what James is actually angry about. He is saying, you know, it's about the the festival and I guess feeling kind of cut down about that. But he did say to Schwartz, and I caught this, like, you hurt my feelings every time I see you, Schwartz. And I thought that was a very poignant moment. I, I do wish he would have led with that, but you know, because I hate Schwartz so fucking much in this episode. I, I didn't, I didn't hate it either. James's growth probably out of maybe all
1: of them is so big. Like I find it so interesting to watch him now in this scene. He lost his cool. You could almost hear it as he was talking the more he was talking the more upset like he was spiraling as he was talking and then that's when he lost it and he threw the drink but he was actually expressing himself and that point that you made about like every time I see you you hurt my feelings he he is expressing himself and he is actually verbalizing whereas in the past he's automatically just descended into like you know fat man and a whole bunch of insults like that like he he is growing in that way. And I actually do truly believe it it still is to do with the fact that Schwartz and Raquel, you know, did what they did. But I I think it's less to do with that. I think it is more to do with the disrespect in that moment. I think James, I don't know, like I just I feel bad for the guy. He wanted a nice fun day at the beach, and this is what happened.
0: He really did I have empathy for James I don't think he's had it easy But you're right He's definitely growing And expressing And hopefully he continues to do that I did notice There's two things I noticed Allie ran away When that happened And was laughing It was kind of weird With um, Charlie and Schwartz's reaction. We saw a whole unhinged version of Schwartz this episode telling James to never do that again, threatening to put him in a chokehold. What the hell?
1: But that little moment before he actually was able to get any of the words out, like his mind was sputtering. He does not like confrontation with men. Imagine if that was a woman who had done that. Like, I think Schwartz would have reacted entirely differently I didn't like when Allie actually ran away and this I'll, I'll mention it again later um, it kind of is giving me the vibe that she just doesn't really like James very much this is who James is she never seems to have his
0: back ever yeah I was quite horrified that she was making a joke out of it the laughter really got me Um, it's just like when I watch Brittany and Jax doing their (laughs) their rewatch of Vanderpump and Brittany's just laughing the whole time and I'm like that's your girl that's your friend why are you laughing at her pain but I felt the same kind of ick when I saw that that's such a good point about Schwartz I've never thought of him as being a woman hater because he puts on the act like he's a feminist and such a good, wholesome guy. But you're right. There's so much anger, hostility. We'll get into it. What went down with Lala made me sick.
1: We have to talk about Tom and Sheena, though. And the way Sheena, like, so Sheena pulls them aside. They have their little, it's almost it also sounded kind of phony to me. But anyways, that's beside the point. Here he is again trying to push his narrative that as long as you're not together, it's cool if you hook up with close friends in the group. And he's just trying to pave his own road here. And he's talking to Sheena and he's trying to manipulate the whole situation. And unfortunately for Sheena, she's falling for it. Hook, line, and sinker. She has the worst like instincts of the entire group, I think.
0: Sheena does not get it. And good point. I think she does have the absolute worst instincts. Oh my God. I just wanted to grab her and shake her because she's on the wrong side here throughout this entire season. And I'm sure she's watching back going, oh boy. I don't know why she does that. Maybe that's where she is more accepted with those types of people because I know like the Katie's and stuff like that. She probably gets on their nerves. Someone with a little more emotional intelligence. Poor Sheena, though. Because she is so loyal. I would I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say she's so loyal to a fault. And I'm
1: gonna cut that branch down with you standing on top of it. I don't think she's loyal at all. She's loyal to Sheena. No, no, no. No, no, no. Let me let me rephrase that. She is so loyal to everybody that it makes her disloyal to everybody. She mm. wants to be liked by everybody so much that she'll never choose a side. And when she does, and she has, she chooses wrong. She chooses poorly. I, it's It's a weird loyalty. I know what you're saying. I don't think you're wrong by saying she's loyal, but she – is too loyal to everybody. She wants to be liked too much and she really struggles with sticking to one side.
0: Ooh, that's interesting because I, maybe that's why I have like this little soft spot for Sheena as much as she irritates me sometimes. I'm like that. I want everyone to like me and, and it, is, it doesn't happen. I'll tell you that. So maybe that is what I'm seeing, like this kind of desperation, but I do see her standing up for her friends when it comes down to it. Like she went and told Sandoval immediately because at that time he was one of her best friends. Ariana's her very best friend. I don't know. I, I do absolutely see what you're saying, too. Maybe we're both right here.
1: That's a very good point. You, by the way, are nothing like Sheena. You, I I get the desire to be liked by everybody, but you definitely stand up for what you think is right. And I gotta, I have to agree with you. She did go to Tom because she was being loyal just to the wrong side. And I think that's what annoyed me. I was like, screw off, Sheena. What I did love was Lala calling Tom Sandoval out and calling everybody out. She was on fire this episode as well. I really that's the kind of loyalty I guess I more mm, gravitate to like Lala's fierce protection of her friends. I love to see it.
0: Lala is the friend everyone wants and everyone should aim to be in some regard. She's so so OTT just like James but she is has a very good heart I think I can I just can I just bring something back a little bit when Katie shows up with Satchel and (laughs) Schwartz you like you can see the wheels literally turning in his brain and it was so uncomfortable But that is
1: actually, like, that's such a good segue into what happened in the after, like, when they go out for drinks after the beach. It started there. Schwartz's little um, narcissistic meltdown started, I believe, the second Satchel and Katie walked in. You could see the discomfort. And you could see him trying to step above the discomfort, like, oh, hey, guys, are you good? How's everybody doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. The fact that he got a drink thrown in his face in front of Satchel and Katie as well, I think fueled his little man rage that happened later on in the drinks. But the way that Schwartz pretended to apologize to James and Raquel later on, saying that the breakup was still fresh between them, so he shouldn't have made that joke was so purposely dense to the fact that the separation between he and Katie was so fresh. So perhaps Katie, you know, maybe was in the right a little bit for being upset about him making it out with Raquel. He has no concept of hypocrisy, like no concept of putting himself in other people's shoes. Like he can apologize to James, but he can't apologize to Katie. Katie,
0: Oh, excellent point, Narelle. It is so hard to actually absorb and think about when you lay it out like that. Schwartz is absolutely triggered by Katie dating. He tries to pretend, oh, it's just about the dogs. It's about the dogs. Go have sex with whoever you want. Oh, my gosh. Admit it be vulnerable he can't is is it machismo i don't think so i don't know what it is uh trying to protect his own ego perhaps but i loved when they went back they all went back to the bar and you're right here because when he says hi katie hi katie how you doing hi satchel she goes i already said hi to you earlier and then he fucking lit it up.
1: You can see like his meltdown really came to a climax in that point. And I think in the past, he's always like he, he uses Katie as a punching bag. We've talked about that previously. And in that moment with Satchel by her side, you saw Katie put up a wall. She wasn't going to engage. And that is the moment that Schwartz. Took the anger, his misplaced anger towards Katie, and he vented it on Lala when he mm-hmm. goes to apologize. And when they're standing there, and James and Lala are kind of like they have each other's back, which I love because, you know, they're secretly in love with each other. They are twin flames, and that is why they're going to end up together. But, anyways, back to the story, Norel. They're standing there defending themselves. All of it was to do with her physical appearance. I mean, 99% of it was, you know, physically your, your lips, look at your lips, look at all your plastic surgery. And then when she follows him and she lays into him, that moment where she turns and walks away and he said, Oh, Lala, come back. Lala, you're a great mom. (laughs) Come back. And he starts eating a chicken wing. He said that in the exact same tone and the exact same, like, Um, turn of phrase that he used to say, Baba, come back. Lala, come back. Like, it was the same. It was so creepy.
0: Ooh. Absolutely creepy. And it reminded me of his dinner with Katie in Mexico. He is so passive aggressive. And I think he thinks he's a cool guy. That, for me, some chicks fall for that. That... Goes away once you've graduated high school, sweetie. You're not cool when you belittle. It wasn't even cool in high school. Just gonna, just gonna say that. But it, it, it's so immature. He's so childish. And to degrade a woman based on her looks, shorts shame on you. Number one, I'm not gonna cut down his looks, but really like pot meat kettle. He's a nasty person and he is exposing his true self and I think part of it is Sandoval is so fucking wrapped up in Raquel physically and emotionally, he doesn't have his little bestie to protect him anymore.
1: And can we also compare the way going back to what you said about uh, Schwartz's reaction to the drink being thrown in his face and how he kind of paused and sputtered and then made the weird threat about putting him in a headlock. Compare that to his reaction to Lala, a woman. She said something so like inconsequential. She said she corrected him when he tried to say that he and James are even now for the kiss because James threw something and threw a drink in his face. He thinks that qualifies him as even. Lala said, there's no way in hell like that you're not even close to even that's all it took for schwartz to direct his misplaced katie anger onto lala and the way that he treated lala versus the way he treated james a man who threw an actual drink in his face was so apparent to me he hates women he always has hated women we just thought he hated katie he hates all women. It's very obvious.
0: Wow. I didn't really pick up on that because there was so much commotion and I was so focused on Lala and James being like this amazing tag team against this absolute pig of a human. But that is very telling, really, really hard to even hear let alone watch. I suspect he must have an odd relationship with his mom or something to create this much hate in his heart.
1: Yes, I would love to see a little bit more about Tom, about shorts with his mom. I've always, like my mom has always said before you marry anyone, before you get into a long term relationship with anybody, look to see how he treats his mother because that's going to eventually be the way he treats you. And I think you're spot on. I would love to see the way he is with his mom because I think that would give us a lot of insight. Going back to what you just said about James and Lala, I wanted to ask you, did you notice in the scene where they were at that bar or the restaurant, they were having their taco salad together. Lala walks in and James was like, looking her up and down, and he's like, you look cool. Ah! So- yes. He loves I... her so much. I can't. James in this episode was just oh, yeah, they're destined.
0: Oh, I loved it, and he's like, tries to downplay it. He's like, your outfit's really cool. But you can tell he's just like, hot damn, Lola. And they they cannot help but flirt. I know some platonic relationships are a little more flirty. Some people, some personalities are. But, you know, when she said, I'm a returning customer twice, <laughs> James was so pleased with himself. And I have to say, I really do think James and Lola should get married right now. And the dawn has to go, okay? Uh,
1: have you heard about
0: the dawn? Tell me, tell me everything. Tell us everything.
1: So I wasn't sure whether I was going to bring this up or not, but I read this morning. Apparently, the dawn is a bit of an abuser, and he is running away from his child. Um from his alimony responsibilities and so there's a woman on Instagram a couple women on Instagram um, the baby mama and also her friend are going through and commenting on everything telling people this and apparently Lala was informed and she Lala told this woman that she cut things off with the dawn but now it looks like maybe she's back with him.
0: Oh, like recently, Lala's with him? Like on Instagram or something? Well, she posted
1: a video pretty recently. I think it was today. But (laughs) it's kind of, so it's a video of the Don dancing. I can't quite tell when this, like she posted it today, but in the background of the video is the furry from that weird western bar they went to in Havasu. Oh. So what's
0: a video of the night she met him? I mean, there can't be that many furries running around. No, that's interesting because maybe it's just a promo for the show. She's going back in time. I cannot see Lala tolerating that kind of BS. Oh, don't love that, Narelle. Don't love that. Mm-hmm.
1: And I got to say, I don't know if it's confirmed. I did see that that woman is apparently contacting TMZ. So maybe it's going to come out. It could just be lies on Instagram. Like, I don't want to call anybody out. We don't, there's no proof of anything, but I didn't love to read that. I wanted to ask you, and maybe this is something that we, (laughs) maybe it's something we should do every episode. Or maybe it's just my way of bringing this up because it was my favorite scene of this episode and maybe of any of episode I've ever seen in my life. I wanted to ask you what your favorite scene was from this episode.
0: <laughs> I almost know. It is absolutely the 151 in James's eyes. yep like I was like I don't often laugh out loud at shows especially reality TV I was in tears <laughs>
1: this man is comedy gold even when he's not trying to be funny he's the funniest person <laughs> poor and I that is karma that is immediate karma for throwing a drink in somebody else's face but his little playful way like oh Christina Kelly do you want to drink the middle of this and flicks himself in the (laughs) eye with 151 the like animalistic like chimpanzee (laughs) monkey scream he did jumps up runs to the bathroom trips (laughs) on the way (laughs) Oh, it was just – I think I've watched that scene like 50 times now. And it was weird to me that Sandoval was the only one who was worried about him. Like, I sent you a gif after that of Allie's reaction, the way she's mocking him. Because they all think it's water. By the way, it's not. A scorpion – I think it's called a scorpion bowl or a scorpion shot. It is 151. It wasn't water. So James – like, her boyfriend was legitimately in pain – (laughs) and kind of called out for her and she just bursts out laughing making fun of him and it was a ridiculous scene but I don't think Allie likes James I think Allie wants to be part of the show I'm sorry I kind of do
0: I okay the waitress did come by and say you know I'm just telling you this is actually a prop they didn't actually use 151 nope yeah, that's what she's you're not supposed to drink it. No, I know that's what it's intended to be, but it's she did say it was water. I'm almost like I'm 99% sure. I'm
1: like 100% sure. She came by and she said, "Oh, that's actually a prop." And they Built took with it. Water.
0: To... Yeah, it's not 151 is how I interpreted it, but because they, when he came back, they're like, "It's water, bro." We're going to have to look into this because, Yeah.
1: so I think my understanding was the waitress was saying, don't drink that. That's a prop. And then Allie's like, it's fucking water, bro. Oh my
0: God. Well, either way, the scene of of my lifetime right there, I could not, I watched it about a hundred times too. And I'm going to go watch it again after this, just for my daily laugh. Um, going back to what you were saying about Allie not liking James. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Mocking him, rolling her eyes like zero concern. And at that time, that was before she knew whether she thought it was water or not. That still oh, I can't help but laugh, thinking about it. maybe I'm Allie. But It was awful, despite my voice right now. It was awful.
1: I don't know. I think James does need a little bit of that in a relationship. Like, Raquel was nothing. Raquel just let James, you know, be James. Allie... I like that she stands up to him. I like that she's like, you know what? No, when when he's having one of his meltdowns and she gets up and leaves, I've applauded her. I've always thought that was the right thing to do in the moment, like put up a boundary, love it. Don't accept that kind of behavior. But I guess it's the mocking part and it's the way she's kind of separating herself in the moment from her man. Like if you don't like that behavior, that's totally fine. But
0: don't date that behavior then such a good point i feel like she's cozying up to the girls and they're kind of pointing and laughing at james and it is hard to see because he is so in love with her even in the beginning of the episode he's like remember when we had all this pda in the beginning and she she pretended to like it it's very clear she doesn't like it I like Allie as a character on the show. I do not like her for James. But I'm also team James and Lala. We're going to have to come up with a nickname. Shala. Jala? Jala. Laja. (laughs) Laja. There you go. (laughs) Can we bring up Katie and Sandoval going at it? And then they shoot over, pan over to Tom in a confessional with the producers denying his affair with Raquel, basically. Like, you have this opportunity to sit there
1: in front of a camera, you're asked to your face, and that was the best he could do? Like, that's the best lie? Like, if I didn't know, if none of this had happened, and we didn't have any inkling of the scandal at this point, In that confessional, that is the single moment I would have been like, this man
0: is lying. Oh, yes. It was almost, almost as bad as the Howie Mandel thing. That dude thinks he's so slick, so smart, smarter than everyone. And I think Schwartz has developed and picked up a lot of his habits as well because his hatred for Katie... I don't know if it's just Katie. Obviously not. I I do think Sandoval... uh, I don't want to say I think he has more respect for women. He's probably more charming and manipulative. So, no. They're on the same level, Schwartz and Sandy, in how they hate women. He hates Katie. He hates Lala. He hates pretty much everyone except fucking Raquel. This guy's nasty, nasty, nasty. I think that's such an interesting point. I think
1: Tom, both of the Toms have lived a life where they've both been so entitled and people have always just, you know, they they fail upwards, let's be real. And I think they also are both prone to categorizing women in the same three ways. And that is women, women you want to have sex with women you want to date or marry and women who they're ugly. You don't want anything to do with them. And in that way, they're both very prone to disrespecting women. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It's solely physical really. And I, I worked with all men for many, many years They're not alone. A lot of men only respect you if you're beautiful. And I hate to say this, but Lala has so much hatred for them that I think, despite the fact she's, you know, Hollywood beautiful or whatever, she's cut off because she knows too much. Yeah.
1: And I think that we saw a lot of anger towards Lala in this episode because of the fact that she's not, like, backing down and she's going after them. And so then that's why they're turning against her and she's corny and the hatred that they both have for Katie, like, Mm -hmm. Sandoval's hatred for Katie, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that he doesn't want to fuck her. And Schwartz's hatred for Katie, maybe the same reason.
0: And one thing I wrote down here that Schwartz said to Lala, Lala, I'm a thousand times the human you will ever be. And I thought, wow, you are so absolutely deluded in your thinking. He has just surrounded himself with people who boost his ego. And same with Sandoval. Hence, Raquel. It's all about their ego and what they get out of people and how they can use them. It's so, so sad.
1: I could not agree more. And I really hope that (laughs) Schwartz, Sandoval, and Raquel are happy together for the rest of their lives. I think at this point, they should just create a throuple and be done with it and live out their lives, you know, in vacant, emotionless, immature you know,
0: (laughs) squalor. Oh, the preview for next week is something I am so excited about, but this is where I'm starting to be like, is this scripted? Because you see Ken, Ken, Ken Vanderpump. Is that his name? (laughs) No, it isn't. (laughs) Might as well be. Ken is dropping the tea about Raquel staying overnight at Sandals. when ariana's away what else was in there norelle that's all i really noticed <laughs> i mean that that was the main that was the main one and i've watched a uh,
1: an extended preview for next week which i'm kind of annoyed that they're releasing these because i feel like by the time the episode gets here i've already watched half of it the week before but we'll see i think we'll probably get a better inkling in the next episode
0: which i cannot wait for yeah well this has been so fun thank you to everyone who listens to us we really appreciate it and we just love connecting with you guys so please come on to our tiktoks we'll get better at posting those we've kind of been in our technical technical warfare zone it seems like
1: yeah we've we've been in absolute hell but i think we're back at it and Please leave us a review or a comment or, you know, anything you want. Tell us you hate us. Just tell us something. We are looking forward to next week. But until next time, stay truthful
0: and not hopeless.